Greetings, we're Technically a Conversation, a podcast for curious people by curious people. Every week, we take turns presenting a new topic, and the other host has no idea what the topic will be. We strive to educate in a way that's loose and fun. Our topics are all over the place, from light and funny to dark and sometimes spooky. Some of the topics we've covered include urban legends, civil rights activists, vampires, pop culture icons, the supernatural and occult, spies and espionage, science and astronomy, and other weird and random things. If any of these topics interest you, give our podcast a shot. Listen and subscribe at technicallyaconversation.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Parental advisory, we might use strong language. Montana may seem like an unsuspecting state for ghostly activity, but clearly spirits know no borders. Even in the smallest of cities, some of the most haunted locations can emerge. This prison saw many hardships financially, and many changes, renovations, and additions over time to accommodate the growing number of inmates. Natural deaths and hangings were a regular occurrence, a few riots as well. All of that death and dismay has left behind the undoubtedly haunted, and still standing, Montana State Penitentiary. Hello, you are listening to Or So They Say, the podcast where two sisters travel small town America, one ghostly tale at a time. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Megan. And I don't know what we said last week. I'm going to be honest. Did we say we were going to be where we are today or did we get it mixed up? I thought about it. Uh, I think we really did say we were in a state this week. So. Okay. Because we, we, we were plotting and planning for this episode as our, because we do get a fifth episode this month and we're like, ooh, we get to do a tangent. Yeah. Uh, that is not until next Thursday. So we're just ready to I let, know. We're just let very loose. excited. <laughs> Uh, so this is the last episode before Christmas, though. It is, yeah. So it's, what, by the time this comes out, it'll be three days, three days to Christmas? Uh, it's Thursday and Christmas on a Sunday, so. Yeah. Yeah, ew. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and as of this recording, I am not done Christmas shopping, so. Oh, I'm not. I have to buy my own child stuff. Uh, whoops. We we bought her one present so far. We saw her like we can't not get that yet. So, like we didn't want to wait for it and then it be gone. So we bought one present for her, mm-hmm. and she's definitely not gonna appreciate it. But it's okay. <laughs> she, hopefully she plays with it and likes it. Don't tell anybody, but it's a little Game Boy. It's a baby uh, Game Boy. Oh, was it like soft? No. Oh. <laughs> it's hard it, the cartridge though it's like you push it and it pops back out and she can press the buttons it looks oh. like the old gray square game I mean, boy like, is she gonna knock herself out or is it Maybe. like a teething thing or no. it feels like a real game boy she may knock herself out no, it's oh. light plastic oh okay um, because she has a little cell phone, a plastic <laughs> cell phone. Mm. It's a toy one. It's not like a real real one. But yeah. 
she had it in her playpen with her and she definitely went and face planted on it and started <laughs> screaming. I'm like, well, why'd you do that? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so Fool. wait till you're older and you're on your phone in bed and you drop, drop it on it. your face. That has actually 100% happened to me and it sucked. I almost split my lip one time doing <laughs> it. <laughs> like real talk. Okay. Well, anyway, so it's almost Christmas the vibe is weird this year. I'm not going to lie. Every holiday so far this year has been like, oh, yeah, this is happening, but I guess. We may have a white Christmas, so Good. that hopefully that will help. Man, I've been getting, like, notifications and stuff from, like, weird apps and stuff that are like, the winter storm is coming, and, like, darn it, of course, we all know if you tried to go shopping. Like, one, Christmas shopping is already stressful and yeah. busy. But like God help me, I tried to go to Walmart uh, today, and oh my God, I yeah. saw the line. I, and it, it, I would say it went back to Terre Haute, but <laughs> we're in Terre Haute. It was the longest for self for any line. I don't know if I've ever seen lines that long in a long time. And I was Jeez. like, okay, it moved. I will say it moved fairly quickly. Uh, it was the self checkout line though. So uh, yeah, when I do self checkout, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I've had that thing go off on me before because it's like, you're moving too fast. I'm just like, what? <laughs> I don't know. I was nervous because, you know, there's people who were probably going to be like, it said it was this much and like it didn't and yes. sale prices and blah, blah, blah. But thankfully, it wasn't too bad. It was silly because I really just needed like essential things like I'm out of soap and <laughs> uh, shampoo and stuff. And I was like, dang, just let me get in here, please. Yeah. <sighs> so anyway, uh, happy three days before christmas mm-hmm. hopefully it feels like christmas to you all by the time you're hearing this the winter storm should be coming so yes yeah, yeah. pretty darn close at least here anyway if you're in the midwest yeah they're talking about like 55 mile per hour winds last i checked i was like okay i've heard anything from like three inches of snow to two feet of snow to i haven't I'm heard just... any like measurements or anything i've just heard about the wind and how like one day it's going to be negative four, but the wind chill is going to make it feel like negative 20 or something. Oh, yeah. I'm not just leaving. Like, cool, cool. No. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah. So anyway, let's like get to the point of why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> Which is we're in a state that I think honestly probably has really rough winters. I think. I don't know for sure. I feel like it would. I think so. Maybe not as bad as, like, Michigan. Mm-hmm. You know what's silly? Someone explained to me that, like, what was it? Oregon does not have... Which one is in the very top corner? Is it Oregon or I Washington? I think it's Washington. Okay. Oregon apparently has pretty mild winters. Oh. And I'm like, that seems weird to me, but it's, like, just get close enough to California and getting, like... The runoff of California. Like, I apparently guess. Washington is horrible, and then Oregon is fine. I was weird. like, that seems weird to me. Yeah. Hmm. But it doesn't matter because we're not in either of those states. We are, in fact, in Montana. Welcome to Montana. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know what I know I, about Montana? I... That's nothing. Nothing, except <laughs> for the place that we're covering today. I'm so sorry for our listeners in Montana, but like that, it, people talk about Indiana being a flyover state. Like, I feel like we, we get the Indy 500 at the very least. Mm-hmm. That's I don't true. know what Montana has. I couldn't tell you anything about Montana. No. 
I is it one of the squarer states? I think it's a squarer state. Okay. Yes, like I think I hope. I don't want to sound foolish. Very blocky looking. I know. I'm looking it up right now because I need to know. A uh, US map, Montana. <laughs> yeah, this is awful. I don't even I couldn't tell you jack about Montana. Images. Show me the images. Where is she? Oh, well, dang. Actually, we were not too far off talking about Washington and Oregon. Oh. It is right up in the top corner. I don't know why I pictured it like where down. Nebraska and Kansas is. Yeah, down don't. a little more. <sighs> Guys, okay, I didn't really take any kind of geology. Geography. <laughs> geology. <laughs> I didn't take much school, if you can't tell. I have a music degree, I'm not so. well educated. <laughs> yeah, I am unlearned, a monster. Montana's up in the top left corner, apparently, of. Uh, the United States, and the only thing that's keeping it from Washington is the tip of Idaho. Hmm. Yeah, Idaho, I know, for some reason, I know the shape of that state. I don't know why. I don't know. It, I yes. don't know. It's like an L. Kind of. So, well, anyway, we're in Montana, a very exciting state, as you can tell. We have so much information mm-hmm. about it. We knew exactly where it was. What city in Montana? So that's also like, it was kind of weird, but I think ultimately the city that we're in is Deer Lodge. Okay. Deer Lodge, Montana. Two words. Yes, two words. But it's like, it's Deer Lodge, Powell County, Montana. That's how it was listed a lot. So they have the county listed. So you know this is a small town, America. Yay. So we went from... Super from uh, St. Louis to to this. a quite literally small town America. Let me give you some numbers. Actually, oh good. Uh, Deer Lodge is a city located in Powell County. Who could have guessed Montana? It is also surprise, surprise, the, the county, county seat C. of Powell yeah. County, <laughs> with a 2022 population of two thousand seven hundred and eighty five. I was gonna say three thousand. Very so. pretty close. It is somehow still at less than three thousand, the thirty ninth largest city in Montana. What? <laughs> and I don't even I don't I didn't even want to list this one, but it's the nine thousand fifty six nine thousand fifty sixth largest city in the United States. So ah, yikes. Nice. Uh Deer Lodge is currently declining at a rate of a negative 0.61% annually. Oh. Uh, which is, well, uh, its population has decreased by 5.21% since the most recent census, which <laughs> recorded a population of 2,938 in 2020. Oh. If you look at their graph for population, it is a mountain. You go up the mountain, you go down the mountain. Like, it uh-huh. is, it's a big drop, a big jump and a big drop. Where? Do not know why. I do not know. So anyway, spanning over one mile, <gasps> no. Deer Lodge has a population density of 1,938 people per square mile. Wow. That's a lot of people in a very small space. Yeah. The average household income in Deer Lodge is, I think this is less than national, $59,051. I think it's a little less. Not the worst we've heard, though. Yeah. Uh, but the poverty rate in this small of a town is 23.87%. It's the small towns skew those numbers. No, the numbers are really weird in small towns like this. Because I mean like a quarter of this population is impoverished. Yikes. It's, yeah, not good. Oh, poop, you know, I didn't do the thing. 
I don't care much to look for the rental costs and the median home oh, value right man. now. Sorry, I know it's because it's still doing the thing where like world population review is just really letting us down, and it did it for St. Louis, didn't it? I think so. Yeah, so I don't know if that's like a glitch or what, but they're just not there. Uh, we'll just assume that it's pretty basic. I don't know, a little less than national average. How about that? That seems so fair. Good to, I would assume the house value there is probably like less than 200000 Okay. Yeah, probably. So it feels right in my bones. <laughs> uh, the median age for Deer Lodge is old as dirt. 50s? 51.3 years oh, old man i know more about montana than I thought. <laughs> which like it is a large gap too it is 46.7 years for males 56.5 years for females ladies <laughs> i know the older women are just crawling <laughs> hobbling over to deer lodge that's awful because that's not even that far away from us like i mean it's no. far away but it's like 50s are not old no so I'm, be- I'm being facetious i'm being mean but that is, like, considering the national average is, what, 36? 30, yeah, 38 yeah. or something. Yeah, females in Deer Lodge are 20 years over the national average. Goodness. Goodness gracious. This should come as a shock to literally nobody that knows anything about anything, which is the racial composition of Deer Lodge. <laughs> do you want to take your bets on, on it? Is it 90 plus white? Do you do you have a more specific number? 92. Close. 95.06% white. <laughs> nice. Uh, 3.35% two or more races. 0.86% black or African American. 0.73% Asian. Oh. And nothing else. The end. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, very diverse, very exciting. Wow. But like we said, when they're this small, the numbers are like really skewed. Yeah. But I mean, montana's white let's just call it like we see it sorry she's white (laughs) she is white okay so now we can talk about where we actually are in montana i mean in deer lodge so yeah we are at the what is it technically called because i like i saw territorial but i also saw just state state penitent okay because i have montana's state penitentiary okay so that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna call it i guess Mm mm-hmm and I actually got all of my information from one one source. Oh, good. Did you hear that in the mic? I don't know. I, I feel like you don't... probably did. No, I don't know. I'm a monster. I had a hot pocket before this. <laughs> and I don't know. I just hate my body because it was, I didn't know these were, I haven't looked for hot pockets in a long time. It is a steak nacho <laughs> hot pocket. Oh. Uh, 10 out of 10. I mean, my tummy's going to hurt later, but whatever. <laughs> Was it frozen in the middle and just absolute lava on the edges? No, actually, it was lava in the middle. And, well, I they want you to cook that thing a long time. It was three minutes and 15 seconds, which I feel like is a long time for those. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and it said, let it cool for two minutes. Like, it's basically like, you can wait, fatty. Like, <laughs> so, and I mean, I let it wait for like five minutes and the inside was lava and the edges were crispy. So oh, Lord. <laughs> three minute, three and a half minutes might have been too much. Goodness. But anyway, we are at Montana State Penitentiary. Like I said, the one source that I used because it is a hefty. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is genealogytrails.com. Ah, which okay. their little saying apparently is finding ancestors wherever their trails led. 
Aw, cute. I know, it's kind of weird. I don't know. <laughs> weird. <laughs> I don't, well, I read it because it's really tiny up here. Uh-huh. So what I read it as was finding ancestors wherever their trail ends. I was like, Ooh, oh, yikes. <laughs> like that was a little uh, darker, but lead is a little better, I guess. Yeah. So anyway, this is the history of Montana State Penitentiary. The old Montana prison is preserved and presented by the Powell County Museum and Arts Foundation, and it is listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Good for okay. them. In an attempt to tame the Wild West, a prison was established in Deer Lodge in 1871. And, I mean, like, considering how far out west that is, mm-hmm. I feel like that's pretty... That's old. Yeah. Uh, constructed primarily with convict labor. So they've had to build it and then, <laughs> and then go put in. put them in it? Yeah. Man. Oh. Uh, the old Montana prison was an active prison until 1979. So 108 oh, oh. years. Okay, yeah. Uh, when it was moved to a new facility four miles west of town. Hmm. And it has a little floor pan, floor plan uh, for when it was completed. It looks like, I know, it just looks kind of little. I know that's, that's just... The prison? That's what it says. Floor plan for the prison when it was completed. So this is the 19, or 1871 floor plan. It looks itty bitty. Huh. Yeah. There's more to come. It's okay. Okay. Uh, it says this excerpt of the history is uh, of the prison is for Montana's Department of Corrections website. Hmm. So a, a nice rich history. <laughs> <clears throat> the territory of Montana created in 1864 had no prison during the Civil War and gold rush days. Federal prisoners convicted of violating the laws of Congress were sent under contract to the Nebraska State Penitentiary. And for those of us keeping track at home, Nebraska is, you know... It's over there. Oh. Where the heck is Nebraska? It, Where is Nebraska? What isn't it? It's up there somewhere, left side. Is it though? Oh, oh gosh, there it is. Okay, so to the right of Montana is North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska. Boom, 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 down. Okay. So like, I mean, did North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming not have any options either? I do uh, not know. I don't know. Well, they sent them all the way to Nebraska. So, woof. Uh. <laughs> Let's see. Those convicted of violating territorial laws were incarcerated in county jails, primarily in Madison County. Uh, A rudimentary federal prison existed for a short time in Virginia City, but it was not adequate for the demands of the territory. Territorial Governor James M. Ashley demanded a properly equipped penitentiary... What? What? (laughs) Penitentiary. And on January 22nd, 1867, Congress appropriated... Yeah. Quote, no more than $40,000 to erect a prison in Montana Territory at a site to be selected by the territorial legislator, legislature, poop, subject to <laughs> approval by the Secretary of the Interior. I'm sorry. I'm like, cannot read today. Also, it's like, maybe I do need glasses. Do you see me trying to read it over here? Yeah, I'm like, that's teeny tiny. Me, 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 me. <laughs> I should have just copy and pasted it into a note because yeah. I'm reading straight from the website and I'm like. struggling Uh, yeah okay on the day the appropriation became law the territorial legislative assembly chose algenta or algen it's got to be algenta okay uh northeast of bannock of course uh but were overruled by the territorial government on november 19th 19th, 1867 the legislative assembly of territory of montana approved the deer lodge site Yay. This is... Why am I... Gosh, I'm just like... (laughs) Uh, And an 11 and 4 fifths acre site... 
I don't know. Who is? I know. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> uh, in Deer Lodge was selected and Montana Territorial Governor Green Clay Smith notified O.H. Browning, the Secretary of, Interior, Secretary of Interior of the action. However, a group of Deer Lodge residents, including Granville Stewart and J.S. Pemberton, you know what? I really like all these names that are getting tossed out. Like, we're supposed to know who these people are. Yeah. They're not giving any explanation, but let's just assume they are notable people in the 1800s in Montana. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, anyway, a group of local residents uh, contested the territorial government's claim to the site until finally the U.S. Attorney General's office settled the issue by ruling that the United States already owned the land. Uh, Dr. Armistead Hughes Mitchell, so many names, don't keep up, pioneer <laughs> physician and surgeon in the Deer Lodge Valley, was appointed as superintendent of construction and building in 1869 by President Grant to become the actual construction of the territorial prison. So they found a physician and surgeon and they're like, construction manager. Uh, yeah. It didn't take much. It I short staffed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Surely he has like vast knowledge being <laughs> a surgeon. He can build a building. The original, wait, huh? Come back. Me, 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 me. There. He was immediately faced with a fiscal problem. Go figure. Oh, not well. Yeah. The original prison design by a Mr. Mollett, representing the supervising architecture of the Treasury Department, would cost at least $100,000 to construct. And according to James Cavanaugh, Montana's territorial delegate. However, only 40000 if you recall, had mm-hmm. been appropriated. Okay. So uh, they're a little, a little over. In response to the limited amount of available money, Dr. Mitchell began a series of cost-cutting project revisions, which eventually reduced the original design from a central building with north and south cell wings to a single-winged construction of granite, which was cheaper than cement. Hence why it was an EB building. Yeah. Uh, the This, quote, left wing of the Montana Penitentiary was completed by October 6th, 1870, and ownership from the U.S. Attorney General's Office to the Territory of Montana on May 15th, 1873. Okay. So, like, they wanted it to be much bigger. Uh, but go figure, money would not allow. When right. does it not? We of love course. the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> from the very beginning, it was apparent that the new wing failed to satisfy even minimal expectations whoopsie daisy <laughs> the finished wing entailed quote nothing but bare stone walls roof floor 14 brick cells six by eight feet in the clear with nothing between them and the roof and only gra- gratings for the lower windows territorial governor benjamin potts bemoaned the prison's unfinished condition maintaining that to complete the structure required at least an additional four thousand five hundred dollars they couldn't just pop off that extra 4.5 you would think i don't know the montana legislative assembly authorized governor benjamin f potts to appoint a three-member directors board which consisted of hugh duncan jh robertson and granville stewart and a warden C.B. Andriance, to oversee the new territorial facility. As their first act, the new directors petitioned for additional cells, probably the first smart move to make because there were 14 to begin with. Yeah. And they're like having to send people to Nebraska and they're like, 14 will do it. That should do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, and in the Wild West, they're talking about like the unlaw, the lawless, the lawless Wild West 14 cells. Yeah. Okay. We would recommend the legislature to make an application to Congress for an appropriation to complete the present wing. 
blah, blah, blah. The completion of this appropriation to... Oh, I did the thing where you read the same line over and over. Dang, I hate... I know, I haven't done that since, like, yesterday. Well, we'll see you guys next week. (laughs) I know, this is the end of this episode. Uh... The completion of this wing will give us 28 additional cells, wowee, and judging from the fact that we now have 19 prisoners and that most of the recent arrivals have been for long terms, many of the cells asked for will soon be required. So they're already five over. Oh, no. Yeah. After operating the facility for about one year, the Montana territorial government decided that running a prison was unacceptably expensive and requested the federal government to once again resume administrative responsibility. The act of June 20th, 1874 restored federal operational control, and on August 1st, 1874, which is the same year, I don't know why I use that emphasis, <laughs> uh, U.S. Marshal William F. Wheeler assumed duties as the prisoners, the prison's administrator. At the urging of Montana's elected officials, Marshal Wheeler constructed an additional tier of 14 cells at a cost of $6,000 using convict labor for the project, so once again... He's like, dig your, like, have your cake and eat it too, except your cake is the prison. Yeah. And there's also not cake, so. Awful. <laughs> it's just, a, that's a hard Travesty. blow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he also enclosed the prison yard with a 12-foot high wooden fence. Although Wheeler used inmate labor for prison construction in 1877, he indicated that although the inmates made their own clothes, cooked, cut lumber, and performed all that is done for the prison and themselves, the greatest misfortune to the prisoners was that they had no regular employment. So they did all of that for fee. Yeah. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Because they're prisoners. I don't know. Uh, Marshal Wheeler tried unsuccessfully to provide inmate contract laborers for Deer Lodge residential projects as the prison offered no employment or industrial training beyond day-to-day facility-related work. So, I mean, he tried. Yeah. So there's that. On July 7th, 1884, the amount of $15,000 was appropriated to complete the unfinished portions, portions of the prison because of a need for more inmate housing. Quit breaking the law. I know. I, like... I feel like I yelled that in my head the other day for some reason. Uh-huh. That's from Liar Liar, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When he, he called, he wants to know. I can't. I haven't seen that movie in so long. Because Jim Carrey plays a lawyer for the bad guys. He's yes. always a defense he, he, lawyer. Yes. And so. Man, imagine not being able to lie as a defense lawyer, though. Yikes. Yeah. A dude who call, who keeps getting in trouble and keeps getting arrested calls for advice and so he yells at him and says, quit breaking, breaking the law. With a choice name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. However, Governor John Sh- Sh- Sky, you know, that probably is Skyler because I want to say Schuyler. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Skyler. However, Governor John Schuyler Crosby's new appointed commission of examiners found the east and west walls of the existing facility had no stone foundations. <laughs> Extended only 18 inches into the ground. Oh, Yikes. no. Uh, and were composed of soggy brick, which could not support additional weight. <laughs> so, That's like, awful. I know. I mean, I guess if they were like pinching pennies and being like, you can have an extra less than $5,000, like, they cut it somewhere, but I don't think the foundation was the correct that, move. Yeah, that was a weird choice, but okay. <laughs> Although the prison urgently needed additional cells, the available money was used to build a central office building with guard dormitories. Of course, it went to them and not the prisoners. Yeah. 
This was done over the protest of U.S. Marshal Alexander B. Botkin, the superintendent of construction. We have a new superintendent. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Finally, on March 3, 1885, Congress appropriated $25,000 for completion of the Montana Territorial Prison, and by the spring of 1886, the South Wing was completed. Mm. This was a three-storied brick cell house containing a three-tier block of brick cells. There were 42 new cells, which increased the facility's overall inmate capacity by 84. Uh, status as of March 3rd, 1885, 70 cells in the prison, 14 construction in 1870, 14 in 1874, and 42 of them in 1886, with double bunking totaling a capacity of 140 inmates. Nice. So we went from 14 to 140. Neat, yeah, neato. pretty quickly. <laughs> Three years later, on November 8th, 1889, Montana became the 41st state. So all of this happened before Montana was even a state. Oh, my. Uh, so how were they not, I don't want to sound silly, but like, how were they calling it the Montana Territorial Prison if Montana didn't necessarily exist? This is maybe why. Maybe the name did. I, get, I mean, maybe they were operating under like the alias of Montana and they're like, okay, you can have it. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know how that works. Probably, once again, should have paid any attention at all in I mean, history. It probably has like Native American roots or something, if a tribe that was there or. Mm -hmm. Which, well, you know what? I mean, I understand that this was 140 years ago, but like. Wait, math. Yeah, like 140 years ago. So I was like super wrong. What the heck? Would it be 140-ish? Yeah. Give or take. Oh, no, because I was thinking, I was like, I only said 100 years earlier, but that's how long, because it ended in the 1970s. Yeah. We are obviously further than that. So 140 plus years, where the heck was I going with this? Oh, I know, understand that's how long <laughs> okay. it's been since this point, but do you remember in the demographics, there is 0% Native Americans. There's even Asians oh. and uh, two or more races there. Yeah. Uh, but no Native American. Huh. So I understand, and I also understand Deer Lodge is small, but like, none? Right. Not one? Weird. Any hoot. They became the 41st state in 1889 and assumed ownership of a prison which it could not afford to operate and certainly not renovate or modernize. In February 1890, the Board of Prison Commissioners contracted out the entire prison operation at the rate of 70 cents per capita per DM. Per diem. Thank you. Yeah. To Colonel, just kidding, Colonel uh -huh. Thomas <laughs> McTague and Frank Conley for a term of one year. Oh. The contract was renewed year by year until in 1909, another firm underbid Conley and McTague. These are hard names. Mm -hmm. However, the state owned, owed Conley and McTague money for construction costs and inmate care, which neither the state nor the newly selected contractors could afford to repay. Who is doing, like, no one, where did this money even come from in the first place if nobody could afford to do this? Right. I don't know. As a result, Montana reassumed operational control over the prison and appointed Conley as warden, a position he retained until relieved of his duties by Governor Joseph Dixon in 1921. When Conley began running the Montana prison, it was overcrowded at, if you recall, they we now could hold a capacity of 140. Mm -hmm. uh, what did it say? When he began running the prison, it was overcrowded with 198 inmates. Ugh. Yikes deteriorating and increasing in population. 
Inmates were being housed in outbuildings in the prison yard, carpenter shop, storehouse, and wash house. I'm like, I don't know if I'd be mad if I was the one in the wash house. I'd be like, I get to poop first, so. (laughs) (laughs) This is very important to me. Yes. There was also no substantial uh, security fence or wall. Warden Conley began his administration by beginning extensive renovation of the security fence and construction of a log cell house, which could house 68 inmates. With this addition, he was housing about 242 inmates in a facility with 70 actual cells. Uh, capacity 140 double bunked plus 68 inmates on the in the log cell house so i don't know sometimes i cannot picture when numbers are just being thrown at me right this place is only supposed to hold 140 period right there are only 70 cells so two per cell because it's double bunked there are 242 inmates in the facility and then 68 more in this cell house that they just built whoops a daisy And then now we're going to talk about, that's like the bulk of the history. And now it's going to talk about each little uh, building individually. Okay. So the federal building, 1871, this is when the, this is when the whole thing was first, you know, started. Montana's first prison building was constructed on the site of the current administration building. The three-story brick and granite structure had 14 cells and no perimeter fence. Two wings were added in the late 1800s that increased the capacity to 98 the in 1908 a failed escape attempt from the federal building left the deputy warden dead and warden frank conley with 103 stitches on his back and neck uh-huh the two inmates involved were hung in the prison yard okay not really a surprise 103 stitches though yeah like i think i had granted i should have had a lot more but i had four and that was enough <laughs> Uh, This structure was demolished in 1931 and replaced with the current administration building. And now convict labor. We're going to discuss convict labor. The Depression of 1893 left the state of Montana without the necessary funds to make essential improvements on the prison. Facing overcrowded conditions and discipline problems, Warden Freight Conley instituted a program of convict labor for prison expansion. Existing structures that were built with convict labor under Conley include the wall, the 1912 cell house, the maximum security building, and the W.A. Clark Theater. Because they they still get a theater. You still have to be, you know, learned. Yeah. (laughs) By contracting inmates for construction projects throughout the state, Conley provided income to run the prison and alleviated the overcrowded conditions by housing inmates at the job sites. Prison crews built 500 miles of road at Flathead Lake, McDonald Pass, most of the roads around Deer Lodge, and roads in various other counties throughout the state. Inmates built 11 buildings at Warm Springs, which is the Montana State Hospital, and four buildings at Galen, or Montana Tuberculosis Sanitarium. Uh, And then Conley leased or owned 11 ranches, which were operated by inmates. He also provided inmates to local farms and ranches. And in 1916, 50% of the inmates worked and lived outside of the walls of the prison. Hmm. Lots of freedom. Interesting. Uh, The cell house that they built in 1912 was was built in only 11 months using unskilled convict labor. (laughs) Go figure. The 1912 cell house was a model facility in its day. Each cell had running water, flush toilets, and good ventilation. Hmm. Like, that's more than most houses could say in 1912. What do you need? Yeah. A hot slate. Yeah. Uh, The cell house contains eight galleys, four galleys per side. 
Each galley contains 25 cells. Woof, what? Uh, 20. I don't know why I did that. 25 cells for a total of 200 cells. The design of the cell house was influenced by the Auburn system of prison administration, which was based on the idea of solitary confinement at night, hard work during the day, and silence at all times. This is, yeah. This system was used until the early 50s. Overcrowding eventually made it necessary to house two inmates per cell. Inmates were not allowed to talk during meals, during work, or from cell to cell. Dang. Yeah. Gosh, there there is so much more. Let me find some of the highlights. I like I haven't been skimming through, but now I'm like, dang, I really need to start some skimming. Lord. Okay. Let's see. They had a license plate factory, the cell house, the prison yard, the black box. Uh, which that's interesting complete and total darkness earned these two cells their name the black box <laughs> inmates were locked in these cells for a period of one to three days and placed on the bread and water routine oh lord they were provided mattress a wool blanket and a honey bucket what is a honey bucket you ask yeah i don't know a bucket of honey that's oh, that's my best guess okay. but uh imagine being put in the black box no Let's see, one, a couple more. The 1959 riot. On April 16th, 1959, Jerry Miles and Lee Smart led 12 inmates in a riot which left Deputy Warden Ted Roth dead. They took 18 prison employees and five stool pigeon inmates as hostages, soaked rags with flammable liquid, and threatened to burn them alive. Not good. No. After 36 hours of mounting tension, Warden Floyd Powell implemented a daring rescue attempt. The National Guard fixed a bazooka at the tower where the ringleaders were headquartered. Meanwhile, a team of men burst through the door in the west wall, crossed the yard, and entered the cell house, freeing the hostages. Miles and Smart were found dead of an apparent murder-suicide at the top floor of the tower. Although the riot focused attention on the overcrowded conditions, it was 25 years before the last prisoners were moved to the new prison. A little, I think it's interesting, a little daily schedule for the prison circa 1970. Short line consisted of new inmates, protective custody inmates, and the kitchen crew. Main line consisted of the main prison population. At 6 a.m., they would have count and short line run for breakfast. When all men were accounted for, short line was run. New inmates, protective custody inmates, and the cell house cleaners, or swampers, ugh, went to breakfast. Then the main line ran. Mm-hmm. At So that's 6 a.m. At 10.30, you got lunch. At 11, the work crews came in. At 11.30, uh, I don't understand, they were they ran for, they run for lunch. I'm like, y'all already had lunch. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and also ma- mail and medication were distributed. At 12.30, work crews, crews went out. Uh, they had their dinner, change of guards, work crew returns, afternoon yard, outside recreation, inmates returned to cells, count and main li- line ran for dinner, main cell and medic, ma- mail call and medication, poop, poop. Well, uh, <laughs> they had outside recreation, television, hobby shop, self-help groups, AA, etc. Look at that. Hmm. Showers when inmates came in from recreation, clean clothes, cigarettes were issued. Neat. <laughs> Uh, kitchen crew and those who had outside recreation could go to the television room or return to their cells. Uh, they would be counted, and then from 10 p.m. to 12 a.m., everyone needed to be back in their cells, cells locked, and then shift change. So, they actually had, like, a lot going on, truth yeah. be told. And then, I like how it says, some famous inmates. There is one singular inmate listed. Uh, Paul Turkey Pete Eitner. <laughs> okay. I'm familiar with Turkey you Pete. You are familiar with Turkey <laughs> yeah. Pete. I, w- saw, I saw this name. I'm like, oh, no, what did this man do with turkeys? But, like, oh. it's it's kind of, like, wholesome and 
I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm just going to read about Paul Turkey Peak. Turkey Pete Eitner. Okay. At age 40, Paul Turkey Pete Eitner was sentenced to life in prison for murder in 1918. Yikes. As a model prisoner, he was assigned to tend the prison turkeys. I don't know why. I think that's kind of (laughs) cute. But as the years passed, reality slipped away from him. Uh, One day, a man stopped to admire the turkeys, and Eitner sold the man the entire prison flock for 25 cents each. (laughs) He said, if you like them so much. Uh, this ended Eitner's farming days, probably because there were no more turkeys to tend. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, but marked the beginning of a new career as an entrepreneur and philanthropist. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how that works. No, I know. Well, and they like fed into this delusion. It says inmates humored Eitner by printing him checks in the prison print shop. He, quote, purchased the prison and proceeded to run it with his fake checks. Stop. Uh, he paid all the prison expenses and wrote checks to the guards for their salaries. He saved Brazil's coffee shop, sold pink alligators, purchased alfalfa seeds from Poncho Villa, sold grasshopper legs to Fidel Castro, and sold ships to the Navy. Oh, God. I think this man had some mental health issues. I'm gonna... Because that's like, so, yeah. I know, like, it's funny. I'm like, haha, that's cute. But like, he, he was, he's like, I'm going to write the guards checks and I'm going <laughs> to sell pink alligator or what was it, alfalfa seeds to Fidel Castro and uh-huh. pink alligators. He bought the Navy, their ships. Good for him. Uh, <laughs> wow. So I don't know. I guess you got to be entertained somehow. That, oh my gosh, stop it. Well, sorry, I'm a mess. That steak nacho hot pocket's really getting me now. <laughs> Sorry, steakums. I'm a steak. Shut up. <laughs> uh, no, it makes me kind of sad, like, as I'm reading it again, that I'm like, the prisoners thought it was funny and printed him checks. And I'm like, they probably something was not right with Turkey Pete. Right. Uh, and they fed into this delusion. But you know what? If he was happy, if he saw himself as an entrepreneur and philanthropist, <laughs> like, maybe no harm, no foul oh <laughs> that's really awful and i hate to end it on that note but i i am i'm ending it on that note that was a lot of information a lot of numbers a lot of names of people that i don't even know are relevant except for turkey pete we like oh. turkey pete <laughs> yeah um so yeah i mean they did not have money the conditions i feel like considering they didn't have money to even build a good foundation or enough housing mm-hmm. my guess is conditions there were not great like i'm sitting here saying like it's cool they had like recreation time and apparently they got their cigarettes and their you know fed and medication and mail and all that but like right how much money did they really have to properly run this thing uh <sighs> multiple yeah. riots multiple deaths so so i feel like that would lead to some some ghostly activity i would hope considering that's where we are today yeah (laughs) all right i would say so all right well let's hear about that ghostly activity okay okay so i got most of my information from oh what the heck sorry i just squeaked against the wall oh okay (laughs) that was weird um most of my information came from youtube honestly listen sometimes that's that's where it's at. It's hit and miss because I, I like looking at YouTube because then I have actual videos to get evidence from that I can see, not just hear. Right. I'm like a I'm a visual learner. Mm-hmm. I need that. But it's also cool to read people's if they left some type of review or something in a blog somewhere that we could find. But I just happened to find a pretty decent video with 
a bit of evidence, uh, either what happened, something that happened right in the video or something that had happened previously and they end up talking about it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know if I, I say there are some intelligent spirits there based off the evidence that I found. Um, maybe some residual too, but mm-hmm. there was definitely some intelligent spirit spirits going on there yeah all right the information uh, there's actually two youtube videos the first one i'm going to talk about was by a user named mountain man treasure oh okay it sounds uh promising he's pretty cool though i liked his video um the video is two years old he posted it on halloween of 2020 all right (laughs) so first of all they they do haunted tours and he does mention this, and he kind of has the same sentiment that we do, which is he went with a big group tour with a bunch of people. Yeah. And he mentioned several times throughout the videos that he couldn't really use some of the audio because it was too hard to determine whether it was legit or if it was noise pollution. Mm-hmm. So that sucks. Yeah. If you can afford pri- uh, private investigations, mm-hmm. please do. Yeah. One of the things, though, that they have around the uh, prison, I was going to say ship. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's Turkey Pete's ships, man. <laughs> I guess. Uh, they have mannequins dressed up around the prison, like as prisoners and wardens. And yeah. yeah, that's not fun. So when you're going around the corner in the dark and you shine your flashlight and there's someone in the cell, you're just like, <laughs> I would hate that. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, okay. He does interview one of the investigators there, a senior investigator, and mm-hmm. I forgot to write their name down, so that sucks. But she said that people have experienced full body apparitions, black masses, hellhounds. Mm-hmm. They've spoken to the warden and prisoners. They've okay. gotten uh, EVPs and stuff like that. They've had people who've been physically touched and just... Lots of things, lots of stuff going on. The one person who got touched and they talk about it was, I don't know if they meant harm or not, but it's like it scratched somebody's back Mm -hmm. before. So, I I don't know. I mean, well, I hate to think this way, considering they're prisoners that are in for crimes, like... Well, yeah, I mean, (laughs) all prisoners are in for crimes. (laughs) Usually, sometimes. That sometimes they are. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, we won't get into it, (laughs) but it was, I don't know. It sounds like this was a co-ed prison. Possibly. Is that what you were? Cause you said something. I can't remember. At no point did it indicate that it was just an all male Mm -hmm. facility. I don't think now I'm suddenly like, dang, did it? And I just like blacked out during my own notes. I thought you made a comment in there. Something. I don't even remember now, but it, it made me think that it might be co-ed. But it was a girl. It was a woman who was walking through one part of the prison and got scratched on her back. Okay. I don't... Dang. You know, I could have sworn that I thought I read something like that, but I don't believe that it's just an all-male... Maybe it is co-ed. In my mind, this sounds awful, but I was just thinking all men, you know, because... Yes. Oh, it did, I mean, <laughs> sorry, I won't, we won't get into that either. No, I kind of had the same thought, but then I, I wish I could remember what it was that you said, but I thought 
it, you were alluding to the fact that it was co-ed. I guess so. It's, yeah, because nowhere is it like just for boys. Well, <laughs> I was going to say because she got touched and scratched on her back, maybe it was a man trying to, I don't know, fondle her. Or Probably. Something like that, you know, whatever. Right. Okay, he's on this tour, our mountain man. <laughs> he's on a tour and there are about 50 people in this tour which kind of was like, like waverly. waverly yes and he mentioned immediately that there was too much noise pollution just right out the right out the gate so he was afraid that he wasn't going to be able to use any audio mm-hmm. but we do get some audio and okay. i'm gonna attempt to pull some a little bit later but okay just before the tour actually started, they were kind of walking through, um, getting to their first point mm-hmm. to, to start the tour. And he does catch what kind of sounds like a whisper. I'm not going to play that one. Yeah. Yes, there are people talking, but it was distinguishable from the people talking around him. Enough that he was able to Pull include it. it. Yes. Yeah. It sounded up close to the to his um, voice recorder. Mm-hmm. He also heard two knocks coming from the cell next to him. Gross. When he was in there doing an EVP session. So that happened. And also lots of whispers. He said he ended up getting a lot of whispers. Mm-hmm. But Which I'm like, depending on how this facility is, it kind of reminds me of Waverly. If people down the hallway mm-hmm. are whispering to each other like this. And then certain... T- t- Echo, off echo the walls. yeah, you get little bitty uh, remnants of conversations, right? And he didn't include it. He just said that he did get a lot of whispers, but didn't feel comfortable including it in the video evidence. So I understand. I mean, yeah, I don't even know. Did we end up? We did do EVP sessions at Waverly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't. It's been so long. I, they're in an archive somewhere. Got to yeah. check that out. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he, there was a part where they go into the, oh, let me see. It was the administration wing. Mm-hmm. And those mannequins there scared me. When he turned, <laughs> there's a couple of them behind the cell. Okay. But when he first walked in there, he, he made some kind of noise or something. And he asked the group, he said, do you guys smell that? <laughs> someone farted he was really confident to ask in a big group of people and he said i i smell something weird and they the group kind of decided it almost smelled like beer okay wouldn't it be awkward if someone burped they're like oh i'm sorry whoops (laughs) went to applebee's before (laughs) not me Uh, but yeah, somewhere in the administration wing, they just said it smelled really strongly of beer. Okay. So that came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. We haven't, I feel like in our own personal investigations, haven't experienced a ton of smells. There what? There have been a couple though. St. Mary of the Woods. Well, yeah. But in, in recent history, I guess, mm-hmm. wasn't there one that it was like a cigarette smell? I think it was, wait, was it not Waverly? Um... There, yeah, I can't remember. Well, because there was. was one thing that it was like, eh, because someone so wasn't it literally like there's a cold spot right here, and they're like, there is a vent. Oh, <laughs> you were yes. standing about below a vent. Yes. Yeah, but I feel like it was shortly after that that it smelled like cigarettes. Mm-hmm. But now that I know, is was that the place that when we got to the roof, they're like. 
people were smoking up there like you can like take a break upstairs that would also that okay i know we kept arguing not arguing but going back and forth on what it was we were thinking of that had to be the methodist village that we went to i'm almost positive i don't know why my brain is just not recalling it (laughs) i I, like kind of remember was that when me and Maddie went in the basement by ourselves? Were you pregnant? Yes. yes. Well, duh, because I said you fell pregnant. Yeah. And the, the joke did not fall. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay. I don't know. I think it a, was that. Everything's a blur. Mm-hmm. Nothing's real. <laughs> anyway, back to his video. He was able to split off from the group at some point, which is good. Mm-hmm. It's good to have those moments. And he went to investigate Max security. Which is a good place to go, I would think. Yeah. And he said he got a really bad feeling while he was in there. And we totally, our feelings are valid. We say it a (laughs) hundred times over. But he he said he didn't feel very good in there. But nothing really happened. It was just this uneasy feeling. I wonder if Max Security, I wonder if the black box was in there. The black box. The black box that they, it was like the room with no light or anything. And they just oh, got the bread and water. That's and right. Yeah. Like one to three day runs. I don't know. Y'all, sorry. I'm like losing my mind. I have a group <laughs> chat going on and my thing has just been dinging this entire time. <laughs> I'm trying really hard to ignore it, but I'm getting mad. <laughs> it's... <sighs> Just turn it on airplane mode. I don't know. I'm about to. You know what? You guys, I have 27 unread text messages right now. 27 uh, from that group. I'm not opening it yet. Man. Anyway. No, thank you. <laughs> Back to the story. Okay. He had bad feelings in max security, but yeah. didn't really catch anything on camera or on the voice recorder. So he ended up looking elsewhere. I don't know where he went exactly. 28 and (laughs) i was like what (laughs) he ended up finding some cold spots now yes this was done in october in montana so it was probably getting chilly right but i feel like just like he said there were whispers knowing there were people around Mm -hmm. you can tell the difference between like a chill in the air and a cold spot well he had a digital thermometer to, mm-hmm. And he caught it on camera showing this happening. He was walking around with the thermometer just to get an average reading of the room. It was sitting somewhere around 54 degrees. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he yeah. went to one of the cold spots. Right, that's kind of chilly. Yeah. And he went to one of the cold spots, what he thought was a cold spot. And he said, can you make it colder? And it started dropping. So mm-hmm. he gave it a specific number. He said, can you take it to... 46 degrees Mm -hmm. so that would be what 11 uh, 8 no 54 to oh yeah yeah. i was thinking anyway i get what yeah (laughs) school was not my thing like i said he asked it to drop eight degrees that is a heck of a drop unless you are standing in front of some type of air conditioning open window whatever yeah and it dropped to exactly 46.0 and it stayed there so he said okay make it 42 Went to 42 on the dot. He oh. got it to go down to 28 degrees and 15 minutes. Uh-huh. From 54 to 28. Okay, that is. And the fact that it just stayed there. And every time he asked it, it would go right to the dot and stay there until he told it to move again. That's that's like... 
it, I feel like that doesn't seem super exciting necessarily because you want to hear voices, you want to feel something, you want to mm-hmm. see something. But like, that's almost better than any of that. Yeah. It. It. Well, I mean, there's no logical explanation for it to have dropped what that would have been six twenty six degrees in fifteen mm-hmm. minutes at his command. Yes. There, there would be no reason for that. I almost wish he could have asked it to get warmer and colder to see if it would fluctuate that way. Yeah. But still, for it to continuously drop like that. Right. That's a big deal. Um, then he said he felt like, in the same room when he was doing this, he felt like someone touched him and that someone pulled on his hair. The problem is his hair is like buzzed. So they literally have to grab the little baby hairs on his head and pull them. Okay. And at this point he gets what sounds like a little kid. To me, it sounds like a little kid whining. Okay. After it tugs his hair. Oh. So I don't know if they're trying to get his attention. They're getting mad because he's not paying attention. They went, hmm. Oh, and I see. Yeah, I see. Did one of those sounds? Yeah, yeah. He caught that on camera, Ooh. or on the voice <laughs> recorder. Um, I didn't write down the the timestamp timestamp for that one, but there is one I'll, I'll get to in a little bit. Okay. I don't know if you came across this when you were researching, but there's a spot that they call the Galloping Gallows. Uh, no, I did not. Okay. So I he explained why they call it the Galloping Gallows. I don't remember, but it's where they hung people, hanged Fair. people. Fair. I don't. I always you. Mix what that is up. it? You hang a picture. Oh, what is the dumb thing? Yeah, you hung a picture. You are hanged or something like that. I don't yeah, remember. Let's see where people were hanged. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the English language. Stupid. That's so fun. The problem with the Galloping Gallows is that it's. There's either an open spot somewhere or it's out in the open and there were a lot of pigeons. (laughs) So there was quite a bit of noise pollution in there. He couldn't get a ton on the camera right away or on the voice recordings right away. Mm -hmm. He inadvertently started playing the flashlight game in this room, though. Okay. Which requires no sound, which is good. Yeah. He had the flashlight on him not using it but like in his pocket Mm -hmm. and it turned on it's a mag light yeah without any type of touching or whatever and he's like oh do you want to talk to me and like takes the flashlight out and starts getting intelligent answers on the flashlight man and we work so hard to get our mag light to even get to the point where it can be manipulated that way yeah and his was just in his pocket and he noticed it was on and he's like are you trying to talk to me and it was like beep beep yep it's me yeah and he said that the conversation lasted about 12 to 13 minutes of it intelligently he would ask it to turn on and off and it would do it on command for about 12 13 minutes Like, who are these ghosts? Right. Are these spirits, whatever they are. Like, I can tell you now, just like I said, from our experience with our mag light, Mm -hmm. like, that would be great to, like I said, to get a mag light just right to the sensitivity to be able to be manipulated by potential, like, electromagnetic forces Mm -hmm. is is frustrating enough in itself. So, like, our flashlight could never. Yeah. Like, for that to just happen on its own is not a thing yeah i'm 
bounce. I'm pulling up the video now so I can be ready because okay. we're getting ready to come up on it. Mm-hmm. All right. So some of the questions that he asked when he was doing the flashlight game, he said, "Are were you ac- executed on the gallows? Yeah. Nothing happened. And he said, were you not killed on the gallows? And it lit up. Okay. So that's an interesting one. Um, and then again, with the questions, it said for his answers, he would ask it to turn it on or off, whatever the case is. The answers he got was that they said they were a prisoner, mm-hmm. but they didn't die in prison. Okay. And they were there because they liked the theater. Okay, which I did mention that they had the theater. Yes. So he just loved it so much (laughs) that, or they loved it so much. I don't know what, you know, who knows, but they came back and are hanging out at the theater, I guess. Yeah. Now, that being said, this is where he catches an EVP. Mm -hmm. It sounds like someone laughing. Okay. And to me, the best way I can describe it is a clown laugh. <sighs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it does it twice. N- no. So I'm going to pull it up and hopefully you can hear. I- I'll get it. I put it, it was at like 27 minutes. So we'll see what we can get. Okay. We're in the galloping gallows still. So you enjoyed the theater. I know the warden tried to... Do something nice here. Did you catch the first one? Yes. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I'll, I'll rewind it one more time and then I'll let it play through because then you got to hear the second laugh. So you enjoyed the theater. I know the warden tried to do something Mm-mm. nice here. At least some of the wardens, they tried to make it better, right? This burned down though. Yeah, is it going? Are you turning it off? Turn it off. Okay. Okay. This, okay. this burn. This, are you going to tell me your name? What? It is, <laughs> ugh, what the heck? Oh, I think my eyeballs it. like immediately watered. Why did? Why was it like stuck in a loop? I don't. Let me play it. I think he plays it three times. Okay, time. Jesus Christ. My God. He plays it three times. Did you see me just start like having a full panic attack? I guess I should have told you. I I thought it was just like. (laughs) Like, oh my God. No. Okay. So that does. I'm like still goosebumpy about that. (laughs) Sorry. But um, so that's the only way I can describe it as a clown laugh. I don't know what else. it almost sounded like a jack-in-the-box thing. Kind, yeah, no, it does, like, the, think of, like, Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. The jack-in-the-box <laughs> yes. thing. So, yeah, didn't like that one. That seemed like a pretty clear EVP. Definitely wasn't anyone else in the group. Um Unless they're just laughing to themselves, which is which was almost worse. Yeah, no, and it's like a creepy laugh too. Like, no offense to anybody that laughs that way, but no, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. I hate it so much. Okay, 
And then it, the thing is, he didn't even react. That's the other thing that lets you know that it probably was more supernatural than anything because he did not react in the moment when it happened. And that was very clear. Right. If somebody around was doing that, I'd be like, could you not, by the way? <laughs> right. Shut up. Because he continues to play the flashlight game. He asked him a couple more questions. They said that they liked the warden. And then the light stayed on for a while. And he said, okay, well, I guess maybe you're done. Like, it stopped answering. It just didn't go back out. And the the mountain man guy, he makes a comment. He says, maybe you're done. And when he says that, the light goes out. And he catches an EVP that says, yep. Oh. I mean, that's pretty... Uh definitive Mm -hmm. so yeah that's he did he went to a couple more things but i feel like that was the biggest highlight of this video was that moment was Mm -hmm. the flashlight game yeah he did go to the cell of a murderer and tried to do some a session in there this murder in particular i didn't get a name but they said he was a devil worshiper and Uh. so there's like all this Okay, okay. Yes, stuff on the walls and things like that. Now, what he did say about this particular murderer is that when they found him, he had a pouch around his neck with all... He had his victim's fingers in the pouch. Okay, I don't like that, so... Yeah, nothing happened in there, but he said it felt very intimidating Mm -hmm. in that room. And... There was one thing that really doesn't have to do with the investigation itself necessarily, but that senior investigator, the woman from the beginning that is interviewed, she makes a comment and I actually really liked it. So I wanted to include it uh, before I follow up with the next video that I just have like a little thing from it. Okay. Um, She said that shows will come to the prison like ghost adventures and things like that. And they will do their investigations and they actually come and will film for a couple of weeks. And then we get the 45 minute episode. Okay. So she said, the one thing you need to understand when you come here is you need patience when you're investigating because you might get one thing in one night and they're here for weeks gathering. Like they tell you they're on lockdown for the night. That is not true. That yeah. they will be there filming for several days, if not several weeks. Is that probably why they all have signature outfits? Because they just have to wear the same thing every day? I guess. But it kind of made me feel a little bit better because you watch shows like Ghost Adventures and Taps and Ghost Hunters. And they're getting full body apparitions and EVPs and everything that we have experienced in our investigations in a lifetime. Yes. <laughs> they get yeah, in, in a sing- quote unquote single yeah, night. Yeah, in 10 hours. No, they don't. Yeah. And that's what this investigator is <sighs> saying is you have to have patience. Some nights you're not going to get something and that's okay. Yeah. But he happened to get something that night. So good on you, Mountain Man. That was a good video. Right. Still got me all tingly about the yeah, laugh. <laughs> the laugh is not okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> With that being said, the last video I watched was from Travel Channel, and it's Ghost Adventures. <laughs> All right, go figure. It was only uh, posted seven months ago, actually. Okay. And it's Zach and Aaron, and Nick is gone. Yeah, Nick left at that point, yeah. Uh, the other guy, his name is 
Billy? Yes, yeah. He used to be one of the audio technicians in the beginning. Uh, Yeah. Well, when they first got there, they said they felt a lot of anxiety in the building. Same, honestly. Billy was wearing a smartwatch that shows his heart rate, and you could actually see his heart rate spiking Mm -hmm. at parts in the building. Um, there's one part where Zach is telling Billy something. Uh, he's put his hand out kind of towards Billy's face. And as soon as he puts his hand out, an orb shoots out of it. And it goes like in this weird little loop up to the ceiling and then stops and then whoop back into Zach's hand, almost like in reverse. Oh, so some weird little yeah. orb thingy. I don't know. And or <sighs> I do feel weird about orbs, but that's not how a piece of dust acts no no you learn orbs are questionable but you also learn to differentiate dust and bugs from orbs like they do have they do have definitive like they have features yes yep and at one point this siren starts going off and i thought it was part of the ambient music that they play in the show Mm -hmm. but then they all stop and look around they're like do you hear that that sounds like Silent Hill. And Ooh. I said, it did. It, I, I won't pull that one up, but they, because I didn't get the actual timestamp. The video itself is less than 10 minutes long, but right. um, they hear some siren going off somewhere in the prison. No. <laughs> and here's my note where I say ghost named Turkey Pete. Because <laughs> they're talking about Turkey Pete. They had found his cell. Okay. And they're like, oh, here's Turkey Pete stuff. And so they were <laughs> asking to talk to Turkey Pete. And <laughs> tell me, man, Zach's always out here doing the most. I don't understand it. He said he was going to open the cells. He mm-hmm. was. He actually did. All the cells were closed. And he's like, all right, I'm going to open everyone's cells. And as soon as I open those cells... I want you to bum rush us. I want you to guess. I want you to beat us up. And I was like, Zach. Considering there was a riot in the 50s, maybe don't. I said, "What? Are you, why you gotta do the most? Always. Mm-hmm. And then the video cuts off. It was almost like a teaser for the full episode. But okay. I was just said, now why you gotta do that? Huh? <laughs> anyway, that's really all I have as far as um, experience goes. But I thought it was good. Right, right. And it's just... it ghost adventures and things like that as silly as it may seem sometimes it makes a place feel validated when it's like there are so many haunted places you don't see ghost adventures going over to hell's gates no (laughs) and the collins but like this little bitty town deer lodge powell county montana of less than three thousand people and they're like this is such a notable place that they went there right they don't check out a lot of outdoor places that don't have a building for you to go into you know like they're not gonna check out mill dam no probably (laughs) not stuff like that Mm -hmm. um yeah i guess that wraps up montana in our technically christmas episode even though it wasn't christmasy (laughs) no not not at all actually (laughs) it has nothing to do with christmas whatsoever yeah that's okay that's all right I thought it was interesting. Some fun stuff. Yeah, I know, like, admittedly, I will say I know my history part was kind of dry. I'm mad because I was, like, emotive and, like, trying to not mess up talking because there was (laughs) so much that I had to get through. I messed it up anyway. It's all right. But it ended with Turkey Pete, so it was worth it. (laughs) And then next week, get ready, y'all. Yeah, I've had months to build up my tangenty 
tangents. I don't know. (laughs) We're trying to come up with something good to end the year on. I think we've got an idea. We just have to like focus in. Yeah, find a way to execute. Yeah. Well, then I guess that'll be it for now. Yeah. And we'll see you on the almost last day of the year. Yeah. Didn't you... Now, hold on, because didn't you say earlier, we had to take a pause in the middle of this, and if I did my editing right, you'll never know. But in that pause, remember what you said? Like, I'm sitting here backed in a corner. My chair is in a corner. And what did you say? Okay. No, I think stuff is picking up all of a sudden. I feel like I had vibes about my house when I first moved in, Mm -hmm. and then it got very quiet. And just a few episodes ago, it was pointed out to us, almost like EVPs during yeah. the episode. And then when the shadow thing, we were just waving our arms and legs <laughs> and we couldn't figure out where that came from. Yeah. What did you see, Megan? Okay, so during Kelsey's segment a little earlier, I kind of zoned out. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm very tired and it was very dry. So, so I'm sorry. I, <laughs> it, was, it was dry history. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to rest my eyes open for a minute. <laughs> That's called dissociating, by the way. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh-oh. Um, that happens so often at work. All the time. I also started a new medication, guys. Yay! Yay. For finding the right medication. <laughs> Ho- I don't know. Yeah, we don't know yet. Um, maybe it's the medication, though, because when I came to, <laughs> <laughs> or when I was coming to, um, I'm looking at Kelsey and I kind of jumped back into reality because I swear to you, I thought I saw someone looking out from behind Kelsey's computer chair. Like Insidious style? Kind of, yeah. Like very animated face. Like, ah, hi. Sorry, I didn't tell you that part. Dang, okay. (laughs) And my chair is like backed into a corner. I have nowhere to... That's why it squeaked earlier because I, I either hit the windowsill or I hit my desk. Yeah. So I thought I saw someone peeking around Kelsey's chair and I wasn't happy so we had to take a break so I could be like listen I gotta <laughs> readjust myself yeah um yeah I don't know what's going on in your house Kelsey isn't it getting weird kind of it's uh I don't feel like any sort of presence really mm-hmm. I don't no. feel anything and I don't feel threatened but I feel like something's been hanging out here yeah what if have we done anything recently no. Oh, this is, no, it's fine. This is silly, but um, what was the last trip we took? Oh, it's when we took uh, Luna and, uh, oh my gosh, Zoe, so, Zoe out mm-hmm. to go ghost hunting. The Ouija board has been in the back hatch of my car. Like, you know how I have that, that oh. cover on that <laughs> in the back? Uh-huh. The Ouija board's on top of it. Like, if you walk past my car in daylight, you can just see this Ouija board sitting in my car. And it's Lord. just been vibing with me ever <laughs> since then in the car. That's, uh... Probably hmm. not great. Probably, Probably not. not great. <laughs> so, I don't... I don't know. Other than that, I don't feel like I've brought anything in or that I've done anything that would have done that. I've not done anything. I did. Wait, now, well, I don't know if it goes like this, but has it happened since I came back from vacation from Madison? All of it? Uh, When was that? The beginning of December. I went the first weekend in December. Maybe pretty close. Well, I just, we brought back some rocks and stuff from a store there. Do they clean them when they're there? I doubt it. The place is really big and there's a lot, but like, it's Mm. so 
scattered. There's just random baskets of, like, broken up pieces of rock. Like, they have off to the side that you can tell they're, like, trying to weigh out in price, but they're right. just out in the open like you can grab them. Uh-huh. Um, it's, re- it's really weird. I don't know. Well, what the people I used to buy my crystals off of, I they ran it out of their home and they would cleanse your crystals before you took them. They'd put them in a big singing bowl mm-hmm. and clean them for you. Yeah. And it was really nice. So I wonder if, cause people go in there and they touch stuff and pick things up, put it down they don't take it and you don't know what they're leaving behind energy wise. So yeah. they cleanse it for you. I'm really like bad about picking them up, looking at them, putting I, them back. I, I do am it all too. the time. But I don't feel so bad doing it at their place just because I know that they cleanse, cleanse my them. stuff when I buy it. So. Yeah. Which I haven't sent, been to see them in a while. So mm-hmm. oh, well. it's time. I don't know. This uh, I won't is be getting able weird. To, I miss, I'll miss Yule for them. That's on the 21st. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The longest, no, the shortest day of the year. And Grandma's birthday. <laughs> Great Grandma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Grandma. <laughs> That's true, yeah. So, look, the, so by the 21st, because it's been getting so bland, <laughs> like being so dark so early and so dark so late, however you want right. to see it. It's just dark all the freaking time. Yeah. And so I guess we're just really close to, well, by the time you hear this, it's past. Mm-hmm. Uh, the worst of it has happened. Like, it can only go up from here as far as daylight goes. That is correct. Foo. Because it's getting crazy. <laughs> I know. All right. Well, are we really ready to wrap it up this time? <laughs> I think so. I feel like I had another thought earlier, but that's what next Thursday's for. Oh, good. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> okay. See you guys next week. See you at the actual Twin Tangent this time. Uh, our last episode of the year. <laughs> we'll try to make it good. Okay. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening. Mixing, editing, and music is by Kelsey Ingram. Our cover art is done by both of us. Visit our website at orsothesaypod.com. You can find links to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok all at orsothesaypod. If you would like to donate and have access to all of our evidence from our investigations, please visit patreon.com slash orsothesaypod. You can donate as little as $1 to hear EVPs, watch haunting videos, and see photographic evidence we've captured during our travels. You can also give a once-off donation to our PayPal, which will be linked on our website as well. Merchandise can be found at redbubble.com people slash or so they say pod. You can find or so they say on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. And when you do find us, please make sure to rate, review, follow, or subscribe. We and the algorithms will thank you for it. See See you next week. week.